morning. Appreciate you being in the house of God. Take your Bibles. Turn with me, please. The book of 2 Timothy, and we'll be in chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're not going to read right off the bat. We'll wait for just a minute. And it's so good to see you this morning. As I was sitting there playing the bass, I was looking back across the crowd, and we were all singing, there's power in the blood. And I would tell you, I was about to get happy, and I looked down, and I was playing in the wrong chord. <laughs> I said, wow, I hope nobody noticed that. I'm sure you did, but I don't know how I did notice it. But it's so, so good to be in the house of God, isn't it? Good to be here. I hope you've come to, to find some encouragement, to find some growth and to get closer to the Lord. I just want to bring you a message this morning entitled, The Five W's of Prayer. Now, y'all know me. If we run out of time, it'll be the three W's of prayer, okay? So I'm not going to keep you too long. I'm looking at the clock. Don't worry about it. But anyway, I want to look at some things. We ought to be people of prayer. Somebody say amen. Amen. Often we're too prayerless in our lives. I think one of the most prevalent, and I'll say it again, one of the most prevalent things missing from the Christian life is prayer. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the day. And as we slow down now, we pause. So, so often our life runs so swiftly and fast. Our mind runs fast. Our bodies run fast. We try to get our cars to run fast. But Lord... Help us to slow down right now and pray and offer you our thanksgiving and our praise. Lord, we've entered into your gates with thanksgiving. We've entered into your courts with praise. Now let us be thankful unto you and bless your name because you are good. Lord, we praise you for your goodness. We praise you for your mercy. We praise you for the cross of Calvary. Thank you for the death of Christ and the blood that was shed and the blood that gives us power over sin. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for this country, this free place of worship where we can come and open our Bibles and hear from heaven. Lord, I pray now that you'd speak to our hearts and I pray that you'd drive us to our knees as you speak to our hearts that we would be people of prayer. For it's in Jesus' name we pray these things and ask them all. Amen. It's interesting to me as I look at my Bible that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Jesus never taught his disciples to preach. There were no seminaries on homiletics and hermeneutics and there were no seminaries on Christian apologetics. And, but Jesus taught his disciples to pray and he empowered them with the Spirit of God. Jesus never wrote books on how to preach or how to keep the attention of the audience, but he did teach his people to pray. I believe one of the reasons that our pulpits today are soft and powerless is because we have men who are not praying. I believe one of the reasons that our churches have gone astray, every, every preacher I talk to say, preacher, I was doing pretty good until COVID hit and I've lost half my congregation. I believe one of the reasons that has happened is because we have failed to pray. We failed as God's people to, to meet the most important priority in our life. And it ought to be, God's people ought to be a people of prayer. God's house ought to be a house of prayer. Our lives would be so much better if we stayed in a state of prayer. 
prayerlessness has robbed us of peace. It's stolen our ability to discern and use good judgment. How many times have you went through the day under such stress and anxiety and you did not take it to the Lord in prayer and your day was just a mess because you were a person of prayerlessness? Amen, preacher. Prayerlessness has not only robbed us of peace, it's stolen our ability to, to discern and have good judgment. How many times in a day have you made a bad decision all because you didn't take it to the Lord in prayer? If you would have just taken a moment, not a long moment, a short moment to just steal away or just, just bow your head and say, Lord, I need discernment. I need judgment. I need wisdom. I need guidance. Oh, how many decisions would be turned around if we just take it to the Lord in prayer. True are the words that have been penned by Joseph Scriven in the old hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I want to tell you the story briefly about that song. Joseph Scriven was born in Ireland in the early 1800s, and he was engaged to be married. The day before his wedding, his fiancée accidentally drowned in the river. Broken hearted, Joseph was worried about life and where his life was going, so he dedicated his life to the Lord. He moved from Ireland to Canada. When he got to Canada, his mother back in Ireland got sick, and he penned these words and sent them to his mother. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Joseph sent her those words and the title of the poem that he wrote at the time, there was no music to it, the title of the poem was Pray Without Ceasing. So what a friend we have in Jesus was originally entitled Pray Without Ceasing. Paul tells us in the Word of God to pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. Wow. Can anybody in here raise their hand and say, Preacher, I practice that. Can I just be real honest with you? I don't even practice that. But the Bible tells us to. Somebody say amen. amen. Pray without ceasing. And, as, and Joseph's mother finally died. He was well acquainted with pain and sorrow and the hurts of life. It was just a few years later that Joseph Scriven fell in love again and his fiancée this time died of pneumonia just before the wedding. Here was a man who was so acquainted with the sorrow and the hurts of life and yet he writes these words, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. My, no wonder he wrote another verse of this song that says, have we trials and temptations? Is there sorrow anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. I wonder how many people are discouraged this morning. I wonder how many people have walked through the door and you've got on your Sunday best and you've got on your smile and you're carrying on with everybody, but yet somewhere you're a little discouraged. Why don't you pray about it? Why don't you take it to the Lord? Why don't you give him your burden? He says, cast your care upon me, for I care for you. 
Bring your burden to the Lord and leave it there, as the song says. So Joseph dedicated the rest of his life to preaching and helping others. But that song was so beloved that it was engraved on his tombstone. How much peace have you given up this week? How many times have you gone through your day with stress and anxiety? Do you realize that stress and anxiety will do two, three, two, three things to you? I can't count this morning. Two things. <laughs> As I hold up three fingers. <laughs> stress and anxiety will do three things. It will eat your energy. It will leave you feeling tired. I mean, you've done no physical labor. You've worked at nothing, but yet this stress and this anxiety has just left you feeling the work coffee can't even pick you up, amen. It'll do another thing. It'll consume your time. As you worry over something and you stress over something, you're just consuming time that you'll never get back. It will do the third thing. It'll rob you of productivity. How often we sit and we bite our nails and we worry and we stress and we run hypothetical reasons and hypothetical ways that things could turn out and we, we stress over it all when all we should have done was got on our knees and said, Lord, I know all these things could happen. I'm looking at all these ways that, that, that this decision could go, but I'm giving it to you. Amen, preacher. Boy, I'm right down what we need this morning. What could we have accomplished if we'd have spent some time in prayer and surrendered our prayer requests and then went on with life? Let me give you the five W's and I'll give them to you quick as I can. The first W we ought to pray is, Lord, keep me in your will. Keep me in your will. The Christian ought to have a priority in his life and it ought to be the will of God. I am not my own. I have been bought with a price. That price was the price of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I was a sinner on my way to hell going to a place of judgment and Jesus Christ stepped in and gave his life for me. He purchased me. He bought me. And let me just be real honest with you. He owns me. I ought to be praying in my life every day. Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Keep me in your will. If every member of our church would pray that prayer and follow the leadership of the Lord, this church would turn Smith County upside down. You'll never convince me that it wouldn't. Amen. D.L. Moody said this, The world has yet to see what can be accomplished by a man who is fully consecrated to Jesus Christ. Wow. What would it be if our church was fully dedicated and consecrated to the Lord Jesus Christ, pray, praying, Lord, keep me in your will. Why is it that we as human beings refuse the wisdom of the wisest entity in the world? 
the wisest entity in the universe, the person with the most knowledge is God, and yet we go our own way. Why would I not surrender to a God who sees the future, who already knows the outcome? Why would I resist the will of an all-knowing, all-wise God? Why would I not pray, Lord, keep me in your will? And yet we're living in a nation that says, I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to do my own thing. I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what God says. I don't care what reason says. I don't care what common sense says. I don't care about the things of God. I want to do my own thing. Let me remind you of the scriptures that say there is a way that seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death. Amen. The foolishness of man, the Bible says, perverteth his way and his heart fretteth against the Lord. Prayer removes that fretting against the Lord. Prayer removes the fretting against the situation. Prayer brings the peace of God. It was Jesus who prayed in the garden of Gethsemane, not my will but thine be done. As great drops of blood as sweat ran down his face, being in agony, the Bible says, Jesus prayed, not my will but thine be done. If Jesus Christ, who spoke this world into existence, uh, who created the things that we see, could pray that prayer, then you and I ought to pray that prayer. Let me just tell you about my will. (laughs) George's will has got me in more trouble than I can count. George's will is stubborn. I didn't hear my wife say amen. George's will is self-centered. Now, we all love ourselves more than we think we do. Amen, preacher. We all think more of ourselves than we ought to think. Somebody say amen. If the preacher can be honest, don't y'all crawl under the seat on me. Hey, my will, my self-centered will has got me in more trouble than I can count but I have never surrendered my will to God that I didn't see a wonderful outcome. Now, it may at first seem like, boy, I shouldn't have surrendered that to God. I thought I did. Oh, what about Jesus? It didn't seem like when he went to the cross that was very pleasant, but boy, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now sat down on the right hand of the Father enjoying the blessings of God. Amen. He prayed, not my will, but thine be done. If Jesus surrendered his will to the will of God, then I ought to surrender my will to the will of God. My will takes me into despair, destruction, depression, delusion, and even death. The ways of a man are right in his own eyes, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And yet on the other hand, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I order my steps, they don't turn out too good. 
But when I let him order my steps, and sometimes they're not pleasant steps. I've preached two funerals this week. I don't like funerals. I don't like them. Somebody died, you know. Y'all with me? There's tears. There's sorrow. There's a family that's grieving. I myself cry at funerals. But you know what? It's a joy to be a blessing. Try to be a help. To hold somebody and say, I'm so sorry. Let God comfort you. I mean, that's what the pastor does. It's not always pleasant. But I'm going to tell you, it's a blessing. Can I just tell you when we pray, not my will but thine be done, it's not always pleasant, but it's always a blessing. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. God help me to pray, number one. Lord, keep me in your will. Number two. Lord, keep me in your word. The reason for the apostasy of our day is that people don't know the word of God. If there was one thing, if I died today and left this church today, there's one thing I'd like for you to say about me, just one, is that preacher got me in the book. That preacher got me in the word of God. He got me studying. He got me interested. He... he, he just let me know that the word of God should be the priority of my life. Hey, that'd be the greatest thing you could say about me. The, the reason for the apostasy of the day is people don't know the word of God. They're easily led astray by their own will. They're easily led astray by the world. They're easily led astray by their friends and family because they don't know the word of God. Listen to what Hosea said in chapter 4. He said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. And thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. Oh my goodness. If there's a famine of the word of God, there will also be a famine of morals. If there's a famine of the word of God, there will also be a famine of organization. You know why our society's coming apart? There's a famine of the Word of God. You know why our nation's coming apart? There's a famine of the Word of God. You know why your life is coming apart? There's a famine of the Word of God. Amen, preacher. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Someone has said wisely that a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who is not falling apart. God, help us to be people that are praying, keep me in your word. The word of God will always direct us. It will always protect us. Listen to what Amos said. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread. Now, who's sending this famine? Think about this with me. Saith the Lord God, I will send a famine. I will send a famine, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from north North to the east, they shall run to and fro and seek the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. <laughs> I had a lady take me aside yesterday. And she said, our church is discouraged. 
There's a famine of the Word of God. Oh, God, help us to appreciate the book. To pray, Lord, keep me in your word. Let me fall in love with your word as I read it on a daily basis. Let me fall in love with your word as I enter into your house and hear it preached. It ought to be something that stirs our heart when we hear the word of God preached. Listen to me carefully. If you and I do not react to the light that God gives us, he's not responsible to give us any more light. God, help us to not have a famine. Oh, that's why when I preach, I want to feed people. Not what I think, not my philosophy, not Baptist doctrine. I want to constantly feed people the Word of God. It's what will strengthen us. It's what will help us. It's what will bring our life together. Now let's read 2 Timothy chapter 3. You're there with me. We're only going to read five verses and move on. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And you say, preacher, how is this going to go with the message of prayer? Praying for the word of God in our lives. Well, listen to this. This know, 1 Timothy chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. This know that in the last days perilous, dangerous times shall come. You think we're there? For men shall be lovers of them own, their own selves. It's my way, preacher. Covetous. I want what you've got. Boasters. Don't you like me? Proud. Oh, egotistical, narcissistical. Blasphemers. That's blaspheming God. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Truth, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power from such turn away. How do I handle that, preacher? How do I handle a world without natural affection when mothers are killing their babies? How do I handle a world that is so proud? If you go to my job, preacher, you're going to find my boss is proud. My, my executive board is egotistical. They're narcissistical. I can't deal with it anymore. You know how many times I hear that? I mean, we're living in a world that is perilous and dangerous. We're living in a world without natural affection and truce breakers, proud boasters, blasphemers. All those things are in our world today. How do you handle it? Look down at verse number 14. Keep me in your word. Verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. How do you handle those things on a day-to-day -day basis? You handle it through prayer and praying, Lord, keep me in your word. When society seems like it's coming apart, nine million aliens have moved into our country. Get in the Word of God. God is not shocked that America is where it is. God is not shocked that Russia is where it is or China. Hey, God already knew it from the beginning. God helped me to get in the word that keeps me grounded. The best way to pray is to pray the second W. Lord, first W is keep me in your will. Second W, keep me in your word. And thirdly, Lord, keep me in your walk. You can't be in the walk of God without being in the word of God. Keep me in your walk. The best way to walk with God is stay out of his way. 
You say, preacher, what do you mean? Stay out of his way. When I go my way, I'm usually not walking with God. Amen. I think about the illustration of the little girl who brought her doll to her mother. She had broken her doll, and she brings it to her mother and says, Mommy, fix my doll. And the mother takes the doll, but the little girl wouldn't let go of it. And the mother says, I cannot fix your doll until you let go of it. And God is that way. So often we bring our broken things to God. We bring our broken lives. We bring our broken emotions. We bring all the things that are wrong in our life. And instead of just turning them over to Him, we hang on to Him. Amen. And we say, Lord, I think you ought to do it this way. Lord, I think you ought to do it this way. I want to worry about it. I want to tossle it. I want to tumble it. I want to hold on to it. Why don't you let go of it? Let go and let God. He'd much rather us let go of our way that we might stay in his walk, amen. (laughs) Oh, listen, broad is the way and wide is the gate that leadeth to destruction. Let me give you a rule of thumb. Christian, if everybody's doing it, it's probably wrong. If society's headed that way, it's probably the wrong way. Amen. The Bible says, Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Oh, let me read it. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil, neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many to rest judgment. Don't follow evil and for sure don't lead evil. And yet we're living in a day where if it's cool... If the crowd's doing it, that's what we want to do. Let me just say this, the thing we ought to be praying is, Lord, keep me in your walk. Keep me in your way. God's will won't let me follow the will of society. God's walk won't let me follow the walk of society. The Bible says, ponder the path of thy feet and thy way shall be established. I heard on the news last week in the presidential race that 20% of Americans would vote the way Taylor Swift said to vote. <laughs> y'all know where I'm going because some of y'all done getting tickled. And I'm like, is that the society that I live in? And the very next day, Taylor Swift endorsed President Biden. Now, let me tell you something. I'm not being political, but I'm going to tell you this. Taylor Swift ain't going to influence me to do nothing. Amen. What are you saying, preacher? Don't follow a multitude to do evil. I'm preaching the Word of God. And it doesn't matter if she would have endorsed Trump or Biden. She's not... Why would I be dominated by the influence of a half-naked woman? Amen, preacher. Somebody ought to be shouting on that. I don't care who she endorsed. Man, what are you saying, preacher? We ought to be in the will of God, we ought to be in the word of God, and we ought to be in the walk of God. And if somebody else is not in the walk of God, I'm not going to follow them. Amen. Boy, that got me hot under the collar. I must have gotten the flesh here a little bit. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Lord, keep me in your will, in your word, 
in your walk. And finally, I'll just give you four. Keep me in your wisdom. Keep me in your wisdom. I heard a news report. They gave an X amount of people certain questions. And after reviewing the answers that people gave, our country came to the conclusion through this survey that common sense is dead. Boy, I got an amen on that one. I don't even have to get in flesh to get that amen. It's true. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to live life skillfully. Amen, preacher. The ability to live life skillfully. That's the whole meaning of wisdom. You know who can give me that wisdom? God says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. You say, is God a liberal? He sure is, if you'll ask for wisdom. He gives it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. That word means upbraideth. That means God's not going to be grumpy when you ask him. He's not going to say, well, you should have, he's not going to say it like this. Well, you should have had wisdom. You should have known that. What are you asking that for? That's a base question. No, God is not going to do that. If you need wisdom, ask him. He wants to give it to you. Amen. The Lord by wisdom hath laid the foundations of the earth, Psalm 319. By understanding he's established the heavens. Daniel 2.21 says he changeth the times and seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Solomon said in Proverbs, there is no wisdom nor understanding against the Lord. God, help me to be on my knees. Lord, keep me in your will. Keep me in your walk. Keep me in your wisdom. Oh my. One of the first verses of Scripture I memorized was this. When wisdom enters into your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, then understanding shall keep thee. Oh, God, help us to get some wisdom. Somebody say amen. Get some common, just some good old common sense down to earth home wisdom. Somebody said, what is common sense anyway? And I like the answer. They said, common sense is genius dressed up in working clothes. <laughs> oh, let that sink in a little bit. God, give me your wisdom. Lastly, I'll close with this. I don't have time to preach the point, but I'll give it to you. Keep me in your worship. Keep me in your worship. I'm so glad you're here this morning. I don't know about you. You know, I, I think as we pray these five W's, and I think about worship, I think sometimes as Christians, we, we just assemble. We don't think about worship. Well, we're going to go and the choir's going to sing and Brian's going to give the announcements and we're going to pray and the preacher's going to preach and, you know, then we're going to go to the pizza place, you know. No, it's work. We came to worship. Amen. I worshiped. Now, I was sitting there, I was sitting there playing the bass, but you know what I was doing? I was worshiping. I was. I really was. And, and it was a joy to my heart. And, and, and I, I listen. I'll have a great day today 
because I worshiped God. I'll have a great day tomorrow because I worshiped Him. The Bible says that He inhabits, boy, I wish I could pour this in our heads, that He inhabits our praise. When I begin to worship Him in the bad times, in the hard times, in the, when I begin to just give Him the glory that He deserves, He's present. I'm glad He's present. Praise God. You, I, ooh, I, mm, there are so many churches. Lisa and I had a discussion this morning. I preached in over 100 churches. And I began to name. And I started naming. And we named about a half a dozen churches that I hope I never go back to. You could write Ichabod over the door. You know what Ichabod means? The glory has departed. I'll preach that sometime. I mean, they're just dead. They're going through. The God ain't in a million miles of their service, of their even the house, of the house where they worship. My goodness. I don't know about you. I want worship. I want praise. I want to come in here and give God the glory and be fed the word of God and leave a better Christian than I came in. Because believe me, I need a lot of help, amen. God help me. I'll read you the two verses of Psalm 145. David said this, I love, David was a person of praise. And he said, I will extol thee, O my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever. Every day will I bless thee. I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Let me tell you something about praise. When you realize how big he is and how unsearchable he is, praise will never get old because you can't get to the end of how great he is and you can't get to the end of praising him for his greatness. Lord, Keep me in your will. Keep me in your word. Keep me in your walk. Keep me in your wisdom. Keep me in your worship. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to ask you a question, dear friend. I'd hate to close this service without asking this question. Are you saved, first of all? Doesn't matter where you've gone, what you've been, what you've said. Doesn't matter where you are right now. What matters is, are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you don't, you know what will stop, what will change all that? One prayer. I preach five W's of prayer. One prayer is all it takes for you to be right with God. One prayer is all it takes for the Spirit of God to come in. One prayer is all it takes for your sins to be forgiven. One prayer is all it takes for you to go out those doors feeling wonderful and knowing you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Would there be one here that say, Preacher, I don't know Christ. I've never repented of my sins. I've never trusted Christ. I've never really prayed a real, honest, heartfelt, heart-meant prayer. Slip up your hand quickly and take it down. Preacher, I don't know the Lord. I want to be saved. Nobody will come to you. Nobody will embarrass you. Nobody will coerce you, intimidate you in any way. Anybody at all, preacher, I don't know the Lord. Now, Christian, let me address you for just a second. How many times this week? Look up here. I'm, I'm done with the invitation. I just want to speak to your heart. 
How many times this week did you get angry? How many times this week did you get upset? How many times this week did you lose your composure over something? Amen. How many times did you suffer anxiety instead of peace? If I answered those questions, I'd have to have a whole page of writing to answer those. And I think you would too. I think we're all in the same boat. What I want us to leave today is to leave this place in a spirit of prayer. In a spirit of praise, but a spirit of prayer. And just let us know it doesn't matter what Russia does. Our God's in control. We need to be on our knees. It doesn't matter where the election goes. God is still in control. I need to be on my knees. I shouldn't be upset when a celebrity influences 20% of the nation. I shouldn't get hot under the collar. <laughs> I ought to surrender that to God in prayer. God knows that. Amen. God help me to humble myself and submit myself and be a pastor of prayer. And what I'm going to ask you is I want you to surrender and you be a person of prayer. Amen? Brother Brian's going to dismiss us. Thank you. Again, I just want to reemphasize to you, there is no spiritual giants in this place. We're all just common people trying to do the best we can to serve a mighty God. We all make mistakes, but together we can be better. So I encourage you to take the words that our pastor preached this morning and let's apply them to our life and our hearts this week and just see what God can do in that. So let's be dismissed in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, as we bow before you and close this service, Lord, we just want to say thank you for the truth of your word, Lord. Lord, I thank you that every week our pastor doesn't stand up here and preach opinion or what he thinks, but he preaches from the truth of your word, and that's what changes lives, Lord. Lord, I just confess before you, Lord, I'm an imperfect person, Lord, making many, many mistakes, Lord. But I thank you for a church, Lord, that would encourage and strengthen us and just help us to be a little bit more like you when we just put ourselves in that way of blessing. Now, bless us as we go our separate ways now, Lord. Be with our families, Lord, and just give us a heart's desire to put a smile on our face and say, man, it's been good to be in your house today. And we look forward to what you have for us next week. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.